You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show... Please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. We do not have any new callers, so let's start with Mr. The Realist. Hey, Ryan. It's still Russ, and I'm still The Realist. Yes, sir. This is my second call, and I will just ignore my first question if it's all in one call. I'm feeling pretty vindicated today. It's pretty clear that the good liquors are all waving the white flag of glorious admission today. Oh, what happened? It must sting something fierce to hear Aaron dropping truth bombs all over. I've never been so embarrassed for Wisconsin and gooped in my entire life. What happened? Some of us tried to warn them. Did you see my point? Sadly, instead of three straight Super Bowls, we're about to enter three straight decades of darkness. Very sad to say. Mar- what? What happened? I don't understand what happened. You didn't say what happened. Mark Murphy's going down in flames and will probably honestly do hard time for his lies and deception. <laughs> Aaron tried to warn him, and Mark laughed and spit in his face. It's nauseating. Aaron tried to warn him. You mean he tried to get him fired for drafting Jordan Love? Is that what you're referring to? On the positive side, maybe AD Policy will wake up and do something now. Maybe Tony or Biden can stop. You are re- <laughs> Biden. <laughs> You're really hung up on Ed Policy, aren't you? And probably not, but a man can dream. I'm wondering if you had the same chills running down your spine as I did reading Aaron's truth bombs. Okay, that's all I wrote down. Love the show and your honesty. Go pack, go. Uh, yeah, I don't think we got the same tingly feelings reading that article, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I covered pretty much in uh, pretty solid detail my thoughts on the article when I did an episode on it. So if you, at that point, hadn't heard it, I'm sure at this point you have, and if you haven't, you can go back and listen to it. I thought that little effect on his voice was was nice, by the way. Hey, Ryan, one more thought for me. It's Russ the Realist. Hey. Can you please explain how the Bears had a good offseason? 
for the life of me, I think they might be the only team in National Football League to have a worse offseason than the Packers did. It's confusing as hell to me. I think they have better. I think, actually, I'm not even sure. It's possible they actually got worse. Watching the Bears offseason felt like the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Also, I don't think the Rams had a good offseason. But maybe I'm just confused. Love to hear your comments. Go Pack Go. Yeah, I think the Bears offseason, along with Justin Fields and some other things, their their head coaching hire, their their GM hire, um, it really goes to show how much this team gets treated with kid gloves, right? Um, they they get talked about as having a great offseason. They, right, DJ Moore is a good wide receiver, right? He was last year anyways. We don't know what he'll be this year. As I've said before, he's about as good last year as, as Darnell Mooney was two years ago. So if Darnell Mooney was able to fall off from what he was two years ago to what he was last year, why wouldn't DJ Moore be able to fall off from what he was last year to what you know, Darnell Mooney fell off to. Seems entirely possible to me. So, but but here's the thing. I'll even concede, yes, he is a number one wide receiver. Not a high-end number one. He's a low-end number one wide receiver. But he's still a number one wide receiver. Why, when everybody's gushing about how great of an offseason it is, does nobody add in that it cost him a first round, the, the number one overall pick? They had to give up the number one pick for that. That's kind of a big deal. Don't you think? I think it is. I mean, I know they got a lot more for it, but it's just... It's not as though they just manifested DJ Moore. It cost them majorly. And here's the other thing. Do you know what's going to happen if Justin Fields has a bad year and any of those quarterbacks that went before him tear it up? Or any quarterbacks, period, that they could have picked with the number one pick? It's only going to get worse if it's somebody after that you know they could have picked twice. Well, I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be freaking insufferable. Because a garbage quarterback and a low-end number one wide receiver is not as valuable as a really good quarterback. So the Bears and the Bears fans had better hope and pray every single quarterback in this draft class is hot garbage. Or, of course, that Justin Fields takes this massive leap. But, no, I mean, DJ Moore is a good addition, I guess. I mean, they've been swinging at free agent wide receivers for what feels like five years now. Going all the way back to Allen Robinson, it's just... One after another, after another, after another, after another. And by the way, Allen Robinson was by far the best wide receiver they've had in a very long time, and that includes DJ Moore, and it's not even close. Allen Robinson at one point, it, with the Chicago Bears, was a top five wide receiver. DJ Moore is not that. And then what else did they do? They, they added, essentially, well, you got one guy at a premium position, and it was a quarterback, but he's a backup. And then you got three guys at really low-end positions in terms of their value, and that is guard and linebacker. And you got two linebackers, and you massively overpaid all of them. Even if both linebackers end up being top 20 linebackers, it was still stupid. Because line, no team has ever been successful because of their linebackers. All right, well, we don't have pass rushers, we don't have corners, we don't really have much of a defensive line, but we got linebackers, guess what, your defense is going to suck. You don't have a defensive front or DBs, but you got linebackers. Good Lord. And then you got a guard who didn't even show up. But no, we got to constantly hear about what a great offseason they had. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Hey. So uh, I just got done reading an article. Um, I forget who posted it. And I, I bet you you're already going to cover this. But uh, it's about Aaron Rodgers um, and... What is his agent done or whatever? Uh, 2021. 
Um, when Rogers basically said he wasn't returning to the team, and everybody was like, "Oh, he go to Kaisen Lafleur, and everybody are flying out to go speak to him," and blah 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 blah. Uh, seriously? So we have a hundred percent confirmation that Aaron Rodgers demanded that either Brian Gutekunst be fired or, or Rodgers had to be traded. Here, here's, here's all I'm going to say on this. See, and before you get into it, here's the other thing. A lot of, um, goodwill toward Aaron Rodgers has been by people who have held the belief, myself included, that a lot of these things are all made up, right? All the way going back to, uh, I can never remember, the Tyler Dunn when he wrote his article. I was furious. This is, because it came out of nowhere. Nobody had ever heard any of this stuff about Rod. I mean, maybe a little bit of this or that or whatever, but it's like, where the heck is this coming from? This is all BS. It, 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 it doesn't even make any sense. And of course, no, no, well, there were actually some names dropped in there. So some of it was, I guess, slightly believable, but even that is, is a guy's opinion. Um, and then I took issue with some of the other things that were covered in that article that I didn't really appreciate. But um, it, it just, you know, and, and even as time went on, like um, there was a rumor Aaron Rodgers wanted. Gutekunst traded. Nah, there's no proof of that. Nobody said anything. That's a bunch of BS. Well, there's a rumor that uh, he says he wants to be traded, right? And, and Packer fans in particular were like, oh, Schefter lied. Schefter. And I don't, I don't know why. I, I've been trying to get people to stop saying that for a long time. The guy didn't lie about that. Um, and I, 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 don't, I don't know why everybody got hung up on the Schefter lied thing. And that was like Packer fans were... It's one of the few things it seemed like everybody was united on. It's like, yeah... I mean, it, it's not necessarily a lie. He's not saying it's a lie, but anyways, yeah, go on. Um, but yeah, it's just, now that it's all coming out, it it's basically all true, right? Um, some of it is just people's opinions. Some of it is concrete evidence. Um, some of it is, I have heard from multiple people, this is what happened. We reached out to Rogers, who was, by the way, giving me information. Oh, yeah, what was what was Rogers' comment about that? You'd have to talk to my agent. And then he called his they called his agent. His agent said no comment. You just answered the question, dude. Okay? A hundred thousand percent, you did that. Aaron Rodgers loves every opportunity to say, I didn't. But, but again, after things have unraveled over and over and over and all the stuff that has been said and done by Aaron Rodgers... None of this stuff is even necessarily not believable. And now that I see all of it in front of me, and now that it's all been laid out, and it all turns out to be true, especially considering I defended the guy over a lot of this stuff, yeah, it takes me off a little bit. And uh, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, Goody Crunch, you failed. You failed. This guy just tested you, just yeah. crap tested you, and said, hey... You know, I think I'm better than you. And you went over and you groveled to get him to come back. And then you paid him that much money. Um, I, I love Goot for everything else he's done for this organization. But that, that has got to be one of the most egregious things I've ever heard. You let this prima donna dictate what happens to our franchise for two years, all because what? He, he didn't to... want to play for us. Yeah. 
He obviously was not about that life. He he was all stuck up in his field. You do it my way, and I get my decisions when it comes to personnel signing and whether you did it or or you trade me. Why? Why didn't we trade him with the Broncos and police them like the Seahawks did? Oh, it makes me so angry. I would have rathered, honestly, honestly, I would have rathered Jordan Love sit behind uh, a random QB like Andy Dalton, who we could have signed after getting rid of Rogers the crybaby. I would have rather seen that and continue to let Jordan Love progress and, and give it give it to the hands of a different veteran. I would have even taken Matt Ryan. Yeah. Gutekunst, come on. <laughs> anyway, I'm pretty sure you're going to share your feelings on this, but that's how I feel. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing about the organization in general that's bothered me, it's it's been that they've been kind of soft, and Gutekunst is not generally the one that's kind of soft on it, but it seems like he turned for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if that's because he was directed to or whatever the case may be, maybe he realized it, but let me, let me put it another way that I don't think I've put before. I think there's a good chance if we had traded Aaron Rodgers, um, we Gutekunst could have at least been either fired or would have been massively on the hot seat because I don't think Jordan Love was ready to play and I think the Packers knew that and that was part of their fear at the time Jordan Love does not look good he doesn't know the playbook he doesn't even have the footwork down it's a disaster he looks terrible on the field right yeah there's some glimmers here and there but this guy is not ready to be an NFL quarterback on top of that you've got a quarterback that um is an MVP and by everybody's account you are inches away from a Super Bowl. You trade that away and Jordan Love trots out there and plays like absolute garbage. And by every re- for every reason you would expect Aaron Rodgers to go wherever he's going to go and just light up the league. So you're you're somebody else is going to have MVP Aaron Rodgers where you have Jordan Love out there winning you four games who looks like Brett Hundley. I mean, you are going to be the laughing stock of the NFL. And um probably on your way to being fired if you can't find a way to rectify this situation. I think that's a big part of the reason. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers, I think, when Jordan Love got drafted, he went full-on chip-on-the-shoulder mode and won back-to-back MVPs, and Jordan Love, you know, needed time to develop. And um, when Aaron Rodgers was able to succeed with that, like I said, I think it just put the Packers in a in a completely impossible situation where they were expecting to be able to move on at this point and couldn't. There's no way. I mean, it's, it's a death sentence. So the only thing you can do is grovel. And I'm sure that pained him because I think Gutekunst didn't really like Rodgers and Rodgers didn't like Gutekunst. And that's part of the reason this, the uh, things went the way that they did. But... Um, Rodgers got what he wanted, and and what he wanted wasn't just uh, security, he wanted the groveling, and he wanted a contract that was painful, as much as he wanted to paint it to be a team-friendly contract, it wasn't, it was a massively painful contract, because he wanted to bleed the Packers, and he wanted to make them suffer for what they did, and that's what happened, so, um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, they wanted to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, and had they known that Jordan Love was going to turn a corner and Aaron Rodgers was going to fall off a cliff, then they would have done it. But not having that 
that uh, hindsight. And he may not have fallen off a cliff. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe if he's over there with Hackett and is able to kind of run that same system and he doesn't break his thumb and he gets into a rhythm with people, he's got a chip on his shoulder, he shows up to OTAs. I mean, he doesn't have to have a, a collapse the way Russell Wilson did. And um, again, I think Jordan Love would have been kind of bad and it would have been, you know, Devontae leaves on top of that. It, I, I just think it would have been a complete disaster, and I think the Packers would be, at this point, a massive laughing stock. Uh, I think it would have been nonstop, just laughing and cackling, and Brian Gutekunst would be seen as the the thirty second ranked GM from now until either this gets fixed or he gets fired. I think that's the situation. I think I, and I think the Packers knew it, and I think Rodgers knew it. But that was also part of the reason as soon as Rodgers started to show a little bit and Aaron Rodgers started to fall off, it was 100% done. Because Rodgers made him grovel. And that's why you start to hear reports that, again, I wasn't so sure that they were true, but you start hearing reports they freaking can't stand the guy. Like, really despise him. And when I say they, I don't just mean Brian Gutekunst by himself alone. Everybody else loves the guy. He's so beloved in the locker room and in the front office and the coaching staff. That's not what I mean. I think he knew he had this team by the balls, and he took advantage of that. I mean, look at it. You didn't have coaches going up to the... the po- they wouldn't even go up to the podium and mention any mistakes that he made. Not one. He had this team wrapped around his finger. The guy's blowing games. And, well, was, uh, you, you know, a lot of mistakes. Coaches could have coached better. Receivers needed to do a better job of doing the right things. The offensive line could have blocked better. That's how you answer that? Just say you're not going to talk about it. Don't start throwing everybody under the bus. They were tiptoeing around that guy like crazy. Hey, oh. Got three questions. Number one. When it comes to a former quarterback who's now in New York, yeah. did things seem to change after he started being in relationships with famous people? Did they actually get into his ear and tell him, hey, why are you in small town Green Bay when you could be in big time, like, San Francisco or Denver or New York. I doubt the Jets were on his list earlier, but so something to think about. I mean, it's possible, but I don't necessarily think that had to be part of it. I mean, he he became Mr. Hollywood, and I I think that the celebrity girlfriends kind of came after the fact. In other words, it's it's you know what came first, chicken or the egg, kind of thing. I think Mr. Hollywood came for it. Because you notice how celebrities only seem to generally want to date other celebrities? I don't think it's because that in this very small pool of, especially mega-celebrities dating mega-celebrities, in this very small pool, that's just where you find the most compatible people. It's a status thing. You don't want to be with somebody beneath you, because it makes you seem like less. So rather than just finding some really good-hearted, attractive person that would of course, be very into you as Aaron Rodgers. You got to go find some celebrity. And of course, it doesn't work out because it's not based on anything that's rooted in anything good. It's just, uh, you know, another badge I get to wear of celebrity status, just like going and hanging out with Jake Paul. And what he said, he uh, never saw the Jersey Shore, but he partied with one of the guys from Jersey Shore. And so, you know what I mean? Like that's, that was his life. Whether it's uh, meeting the Dalai Lama, or partying with celebrities, or dating movie stars. It's all just a part of, like, his image. So yeah, I, I, you know, I think he wants to further live out that part of his life. He wants to further be that guy, Mr. Hollywood. And New York helps that come to life for him. But I don't necessarily think it's celebrity stars 
you know, movie stars getting into his ear. Number two. I don't remember if this got cut or not, so I'm just going to ask again. What if the Packers were able to have gotten Christian Watson in the first round? Would people shut up about it? Would people be like, oh, well, he finally got the first round? Because it was a possibility. They just didn't want it to happen. That's why he was so early in the first round, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, they just didn't want the Packers to be able to get his fifth year, if possible. So they messed it up. And finally... Uh, would people shut up about it? I don't know. I don't think people like shutting up about it. I think, you know, we, we've seen before, like I said, when, when it, the Packers never draft any wide receivers to get Rodgers' help, and then they do, and what what is the complaint? I can't believe they're sticking them with these young guys. You've been begging for it, you D-bag. Right? It's just, it's it's constantly shifting, and it's never going to stop shifting, because the narrative is what matters. It's more important than what actually happens. It doesn't even matter if we're a good football team. The narratives must survive, right? Best team in football, yeah, well, here's why so-and-so is stupid. Okay, you know what? This is not worth anybody's time. So horror movies like Haunted Houses are more your type thing? Yeah. Is it more Steadicam? Or, uh, the, what is it? The first-person POV movies? Like sound footage, I mean, I can only think of like two of those, so not necessarily, but they they do tend to have an extra creepiness factor to it, I guess. At least the the two that I saw at the time that I saw them, Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, those were two that definitely creeped me out in a sea of movies that I just watch and go, these are not that scary. Sound footage films that are more your thing? Because I can give some suggestions. Okay. All right, bye. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, horror movies are it's it's like uh, it's like fishing, and it's weird because you would think like everybody just knows what the scary movies are, but not really. Once in a while, you find that gem. It's like, dude, that was freaky. Like I've I've mentioned a thousand times that one where the kids go visit their I think it's called the visit or something. That one kind of creeped me out. I wasn't expecting it. I was just sitting there on Netflix. I'm not sure if you're immersed in uh, horror stuff, you probably know about it or whatever, but. Yeah, most of the time I'll, I'll turn one on. I guess that's true of most movies. You turn on a movie, it's not very good. You just kind of keep searching around. Eventually you find one. That actually happened the other day. I just watched a regular old movie movie. I think it's a newer one. I forgot what it's called. but uh, Just basically an alcoholic woman who kind of documents her downfall and stuff she goes through and then turns her life around at the end and uh, bang, bang, boom. Thought it was a good movie. Don't know why I watched it. I think it's because when I go on Netflix, you've probably seen it if you go on Netflix, because it just keeps popping up. It's like the first thing. Is that the podcast guy, by the way? The heck is that guy's name? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I know he has a really famous podcast. He looks extremely familiar. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But anyways, I kept seeing it, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I'll just watch it, I guess, because it won't stop shoving it in my face, and I watched it, and I kind of liked it. I forgot a question. Okay. And I can't believe I forgot it. Yeah. What are the odds that we will see a play where DeGuara, mm -hmm. Musgraves, Kraft, yep. and A.J. Dillon are all in a formation together. I bet it'll happen. And play together. Like, you know, more than once. You just get the brute force out there sure. and speed with Kraft. Just get, just get the boys going. One, or the odds? Two, how cool would it be? Three, how cool would it be if it works? Just muscle busting through everybody. Yeah. 
All right, bye. Yeah, I mean, essentially you're talking probably 22 personnel, right? You got DeGuara in sort of that fullback role, and then you got the two tight ends out there. Um, maybe maybe 13 personnel. I don't know. Do people do that a lot? Maybe the Ravens do that. I don't know. But yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. And, and you know, honestly, the, one of the bigger benefits of it is that it's a, a pretty simple read by the offense in terms of how we're going to handle this, you know, if, if there are different options. You would expect the defense to play the run pretty heavy if they see that formation. If they don't, if they don't, it's a light box. That's an easy run for a bunch of yards. If they do start to stack the box, that's when having guys like Musgrave who are incredibly fast and can run right past that box, and guys like Christian Watson and everything. That's the thing. Like you, the ground you need to cover becomes real massive. And remember, it's 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 going to be a few seconds before you even understand whether you need to be dropping or not. And if you're kind of hovering or possibly even closing in on the line of scrimmage, there's a lot of space behind you all of a sudden. So I think a lot of stuff like that, you know, passing plays out of running formations and running plays out of passing formations, just kind of depends what the defense has been doing and how we can manipulate that. And having some athletic tight ends, it's going to help tremendously. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break, come back and see what Jersey Mike has on his mind. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Uh... So, um, obviously I'll listen to your podcast about the whole Rogers situation again. I mean, we've already discussed it, right? And I've already left your voicemail on how I feel like Goody couldn't should have handled it. But, um, I, I, I've got a little bit of insight. And I, I think this is what's going on with him in Jersey. And I'm wondering if we're going to see a different side of Aaron Rodgers this year. Because here's the deal. Rodgers is, as we all know, Princess Prima Donna. Woe is me, all this stuff. He plays the victim with everything. The problem is New Jersey Jets, uh, I mean New York Jets, whatever. They ain't going to tolerate none of his excuses. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like part of the reason we've already seen him with their, you know, going out with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and all of them and hanging out with them and, and, and whatnot I think the reason that's happening is because basically somebody went to him and be like, hey, listen, if you don't make these Jets fans like you, 
they are going to hate you, and they are going to want to burn you at the stake for being a witch, because this is what you've done. You've come and sold yourself, said you're all this, you're all special, when really you're a demon. We burn you. Uh, it's just, sorry, you got disconnected somehow from my from my phone, but or from my headset. But anyway, what what I'm saying is, basically, this this is what it's going to come down to. Rogers is going to have to be electric this year for the Jets, and that's it. End of story. I know Jets. My uncles, my aunts, my my relatives are all Jets fans. Now, let me tell you, every single time, we've had these conversations, every single time the Jets are any kind of decent, these Jets fans are seething, seething with rage about how great they are, and they will go to war with you. They'll tear your throat out. But also, if you're horrible and you're a Jets quarterback, Mark Sanchez butt fumble, do you know how badly they're going to vilify you? Aaron Rodgers, you have laid your bed and you, you you're either gonna rest in it for the rest of ever or you're gonna you're gonna be bringing to bed a bunch of New York Jets what's called them concubines. Okay? It ain't gonna happen either, any other way. You ain't gonna die in that bed or you're gonna live gracefully in that bed. There ain't no in between. Rogers, you gotta be careful here. Because if you keep this attitude up and you don't show up and you don't play well and you, you screw the Jets over, they are going to tear you apart. Anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I think the benefit for Rodgers is that this is going to be a short-term thing. I think he actually, you know, yeah, maybe some people went to him or whatever, but I, th- I think he's genuinely, he wants to be there. I think he's genuinely en- uh, enjoying himself, which, again, just kind of goes to show that all this, like, it's not important stuff was BS. It, it's not that it isn't important. He knows it's important. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He was bored with it. He's tired of the same old, same old, and this is new and exciting for him. Um I think that's why he's doing a lot of this stuff. And I don't think he'll be a Jet long enough for him to start to fall out of love with the Jets. So obviously if he starts playing bad and the team just starts falling apart, yeah, the whole team's going to get ripped to shreds. Whether Rodgers is going to get thrown under the bus or not, I don't know. Um, you know, Fan bases are weird, kind of like the Bears rallying around fields. Everything is everybody else's fault. Maybe the Jets fans will do that with Rodgers. Depends how cataclysmically bad he looks as opposed to, you know, should we blame the head coach? Should we blame... You know, Lazard, and oh, that's part of the problem, too. If you blame Lazard or Randall for stuff, then, you know, that's kind of a Rodgers thing. Or Hackett, which, you know, you could say it's not a Rodgers thing, but I know he was there first, but it's the second year in a row we've heard teams hiring Hackett just to recruit Rodgers. It's hard for the team to fail and not feel that some of it has to do with him. I mean, it could be the fall off of the the uh, the defense, but then who do you blame for that? It would have to be the head coach, right? You going to throw Salah under the bus? Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I don't really see that happening a ton because I don't think Rodgers is going to fall out of love that fast. Now, if the Pat McAfee thing continues and if things starts to fall apart, who knows what kind of stuff is going to start coming out of his mouth. I mean, you got to understand, this is where things started to, a lot of Packer fans started to fall out of love with him. It's the fact that he's very open about stuff and, and a lot of things can come out and be taken a lot of different ways and whether it's fair or unfair, the way people take your words, possibly twist your words, I don't know, but these are the kinds of things, as much as Rogers wants to use that as a platform to steer the conversation the way that he wants, the more that you give, the more that they can twist. And also, there's times you just put your foot in your mouth. There's times that, you know, again, um, 
I initially liked him being on there, and I think he did a great job of smacking people down or just making up BS. But then there are times he'd come out and things would go wrong, and he clearly was part of the problem, and he would not take accountability for it, and it ticked me off. Mr. You know, leader of the football team, supposedly, won't talk to his teammates and won't take accountability, and I'm supposed to call you a leader? Good Lord. Again, it's just these little things that over time, you know, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing, eventually it just kind of wears on you. Whereas, you know, as weird as it sounds, I think when he was kind of under the, you know, under the shadows or whatever, at least for me, I never really felt anything negative toward Rodgers. Now, granted, he was playing better, but even when he wasn't, I was never, it wasn't like uh, in 2018, I was anti-Rodgers. You know, yeah, he struggled, but you know, whatever. It's the whole team struggling. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. I know Rodgers is good at football, though. But the more you start to see, the bigger of a problem it became for me and I think for a lot of other people. Because there's more to that position than just throwing the ball well. And even if he was throwing the ball well, there'd still be problems there. So we'll see how it all unravels. But just like I said with when we, you know, hired Matt LaFleur and and you know, there was a question of are Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers gonna get along and there was supposed to be some tension, and I just said, Look, if we're winning, they're gonna get along. If they're not, they won't. I think that's true of most teams, most people. And I think that's gonna be true of Rogers uh, Rogers, the Jets and the Jets fans. If if they're winning Everything's going to be great. Rodgers is a hero. If they're losing, everything is horrible, and there's a good chance Rodgers gets, you know, the bus backed over him. Ryan, I want to, uh, I just want to say that I appreciate your sacrifice of what you do for Packernet and the shows that you put out on a regular basis. Um, Clayton made some excellent points that I totally agree with, but, um, I think sometimes your your time and what you do is taken for granted by the callers. And I just want to say I think you deserve a vacation. And for that, I think I have an idea to give you a vacation from Packernet After Dark. How about JJ and uh, some of the other guys, Clayton, whoever wants to do it, host Packernet After Dark and answer the phone calls instead of you, and you take a break. Give yourself a break from it. Get refreshed. Do the A-Rod thing, and, uh, you know, go to the beach, hang out with your kids, more more importantly. I'm being serious about that. Um, but get away from it all for a little while. And uh, let some of the other guys uh, host Packernet After Dark. I would be really interested to hear how they respond to some of the calls. I just would be very entertained. So I'm just throwing out there as an idea. I think there's a lot of guys who would probably totally agree, and I would love to hear Clayton or JJ or any of the other guys host at least a week of Packing After Dark and give you a break. So I will be the first to say you deserve a vacation, and so take a vacation. All right, I'm out. I appreciate it. Um, I feel like as many episodes as I've missed, I've kind of burned up all my vacation days with the podcast. <laughs> Instead of taking one big giant one, I've kind of just been, uh, you know, doing a day at a time kind of thing. Um, and, and that is an honest answer in terms of uh, why I don't want to do that because I've I, I've already missed so many. I don't want to be like, all right, I'm leaving for a week or however long. Um, also, there there is a standing offer. If either of those guys want to uh, take any calls, I did offer it to them. 
um, not as a requirement, but just if they thought it would be fun, they they could jump up and, and do it and didn't necessarily get the impression that either one of them was like super excited. I thought they would be, but I don't think that they were. It was kind of like, if you need help, I'll, I'll be willing to help you out kind of thing. I'm like, well, no, I, I didn't mean for me. I thought you would think it's fun, but that's all right. But also it's, you know, I don't know. A lot of these are, have become like inside conversations and whatnot, so it might be kind of weird to having someone slotted out, slotted in there. But yeah, it is a standing offer, but I'm not going to make people do my job for me. And I honestly don't want anyone to do it unless they're like excited about it. And if they're not, then I shouldn't do it. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning on uh, doing any vacation. I go out back and I grill. That's my vacation. However, if you guys are hell-bent on uh, sending me to Florida or something, again, patreon.com forward slash back underscore <laughs> I mean, you can pay me to go away. But um, no, otherwise I'll be right here doing what I do. Appreciate your concern though, Garrett. I know you've reached out about it and whatnot. And I know there have been times rough. Usually like once a year I step away. Um, and it's always in the off season. It's usually, I think a little later than this, but it, it gets to be about this time and I just start to get burned out on it and I take some time away, but nothing in the works as of now. Hey y'all, this is Dakota, the nerd in Tennessee, and I am currently looking for something on my phone right now. So I know I'm going to say something stupid if I try to talk and focus at the same time. Uh, anyway, I am calling about, um, uh, a podcast that I just listened to. Um, see, the Green Bay Packers stated the roster entering 2023, and that's the locked on NFL scouting yep. with the draft dude. Listen to it. Uh, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. I'm sure most of y'all know who they might be if y'all are podcast folks. And if you're listening to this, you probably are podcast folks. Um, but anyway, I listened to. And coming from a national point of view, for non-Packers fans, of course, minus Lions, Bears, and Vikings fans, because they got a role to fill with saying stupid things, and they don't count. So non-NFC North Packers fans, if everybody viewed our team and our chances and, you know, all of that like that podcast, that particular episode conveyed, I would have no problem with it. Of course, they mentioned that there's going to be, that the, really there's nobody other than Bakhtiari that has um, got more than two years, or rather that's got more than three years, counting our offensive line, uh, on this team. And uh, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. Yep. And this is, a transition, not, you know, it's not the year for the Packers, but they did, like, right at the end, I've got to give them credit. They did say, look, there's a possibility that we can catch lightning in a bottle. That's a phrase they like to use because the chemistry may have improved, right? Because everybody, even the, they're acknowledging that that Jordan Love and and the younger you know, offense and even the defense are going to get along with one another a little bit better, uh, with a different type of leadership. And that might improve what we did upon last year. Uh, anyway, I just call it, give it a, or give it a, give it a listen. Um, I was actually impressed with it. Yeah. I didn't agree with most of it just because I, I mean, I will admit I'm a little bit of a homer, but still, Ryan, you said it yourself. We know more about the Packers than they do. They're better football people. They can read tape better, but probably. 
But uh, we know more about the Packers. So, anyway, give it a listen. Peace out. Yeah, like I said, I know somebody had sent that to me, and I did uh, listen to it, talk about it a little bit, um, as you've probably heard by now. Um, I appreciated what they did, and they, they honestly, they didn't even agree with each other. You know, they talked about Runyon, and somebody said he was a quality backup, and somebody else said he was a quality starter or something, and they would kind of argue back and forth about stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think the comment about there being struggles because of everybody being so young is is a very good point to make if you're sort of, I don't want to say anti-Packers, but if you lean toward it being somewhat of a, of a down year or a bad year. And I think that's completely fair. And I was even thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, when you think about, for example, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not just the extreme levels of talent. It's that it's a well-oiled machine. That's 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 the New England Patriots thing, right? They weren't necessarily loaded with talent. I mean, aside from Tom Brady and you know Gronk and whatnot, but it fluctuated. You know, sometimes they had great DBs, sometimes they had good pass rushers, sometimes they had this or that or the other. I don't know. Um, wide receivers at some random points, but the the overarching thing is they always just had a really well-oiled machine, and that you usually started with a really good head coach and quarterback who are on the exact same page. And then, for example, I mean, with the Chiefs, you got a really good play caller. You've got a quarterback that, yes, he's got all the arm talent and all that stuff, but he is he is fully in sync with his head coach. And then he has just a wonderful chemistry with Travis Kelsey and, you know, some other people. But, but you know, it's it's those kinds of things that take time to build and develop. Not saying that that's necessarily a requirement. We've seen young teams really get launched up. I mean, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, you got a brand new uh, quarterback with his brand new rookie receiver, and they just, you know, shoot straight to the top. But that is that is a big piece that does take time. Now, I do think the offensive line is actually in a pretty good spot. I don't think too many teams have, um, you know, returning five offensive linemen. There's a lot of fluctuation with offensive lines. We've got a lot of veteran guys that have been around a long time. And I think for a lot of them, they're going to have a, a legitimate opportunity to not just keep the same guys, but keep the same guys in the same five spots. Injuries will obviously dictate that. But Elton Jenkins getting to just stay at left guard. Zach Tom getting to stay at right tackle. And then again, you got... Uh, Myers in year three, hoping for that year three jump. You know, Bakhtiari fully healthy and Elton Jenkins fully healthy and all that stuff. So, you know, fingers crossed on that. But, you know, it's not not everything is super young. And even the things that are relatively young, it, it's still somewhat of a veteran thing. Again, I, I would I would view the offensive line as being more solid than most. Even if you got three guys in their 30s, congratulations, you're still going to have so much turnover. I mean, you look at the Jets right now, they've got some veterans and everything, but they don't even know what their offensive line is. You know, the most talented guy they have on their entire offensive line, they don't even know if they want him on their offensive line, Mekhi Becton. There's just a lot of turnover with offensive lines. So, I mean, look, if we think about it this way, is it much more likely that in two, three years, this team, you know, assuming that the guys that are good are good and, and whatnot, you know, Jordan Love is the guy or whatever, is it much more likely that at that point the Packers are like legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, of course. Because you would assume however good they are this year, they're going to be much better next year. And to think that they're going to win a Super Bowl this year and then just get better next year and then way better next the year after that is like, holy cow, what are we going to win, two Super Bowls in one year or what? I'm not saying anyone actually thinks we're going to win a Super Bowl, but just, I mean, thinking about it from that standpoint, there's going to be, even when you think about this team at its best, what it could be at, it, you know, let's say Musgrave and, and Kraft are the next coming of Gronk and uh, Sanchez. You know, the, the good parts of it. Or Hernandez, not Sanchez. 
was like, why does it not sound right? What was his full name? Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, shut up. It sounds similar. Even if, you know, Christian Watson become, you know, hits his ceiling and Jaden Reed is everything we hope he is and, and Dobbs becomes this reliable target guy and all, you know, all these things, it becomes like the, the 2009 Packers all over again or whatever. The receivers and with Finley and the tight, well, hopefully significantly better than Finley because we give way too much credit to that guy. We have to assume that it's not going to be at its full power this year. And so what does that mean? Well, if we say, let's say in, in three years, they could potentially be the best team in football. Okay, what does that mean for next year? And what does that mean for this year? Which is why I really think a, a ceiling or a really good goal for this year would be to try to compete for the playoffs. See if you can get there. You know, I, I don't expect you necessarily, and it's not, not to say that it's impossible, and I know this isn't what the Packers are shooting for, but I, I, I'll say this, I think it's a really good sign if they can get into the playoffs with, the, with, with, the, with what they've got. Because there's just a lot of stuff you have to work through. I know Jordan Love's been around for a long time. He's never been the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers before. There's a lot, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Jaden Reed don't know. Watson and Dobbs weren't even really starters necessarily. I mean, not at least Watson until later and Dobbs pretty much the whole year with his injuries and just kind of fluctuating time and talking from week one through the end of the season, top guy, top guy plus your first year working with, with uh, Jordan. You got tight ends, which Matt LaFleur says, aside from quarterback, is the toughest position to learn on offense. You know, how much can we reasonably expect from them to be able to do? I think the team can be pretty solid, but we have to factor in probably, probably a higher amount of bumps in the road than some other more veteran teams that have been there. Although some veteran teams are uh, very uh, bump prone still. Um, I, and, and I think it's going to require some patience. I think we, we are, as much as we're a fan base that acknowledges, and again, here we go, there's, you said, just like Mal Fleur, patience, you don't have any expectations. No. I think what it means is we have to acknowledge reality, and that reality can mean two things at the same time. One, Jordan Love is going to be an elite quarterback in the league, and two, it's not going to happen day one. It was true for Aaron Rodgers, it can be true for Jordan Love. But we do have higher expectations, and we do know what good quarterback play looks like, and we, we know what happens when a good quarterback plays like a you know mediocre to subpar quarterback and it doesn't look good and we weren't super happy about that still aren't but i think we just got to keep in the back of our mind because i know how the overreactions happen i know how it happens for me and i know how it's going to happen for you especially the negative fans i mean they've already started to hate the team but just from a standpoint of recognizing where the team is failing but then also looking at it and saying what is the probability or what what is the the gap between where they are and the ceiling to where they can be because some guys you know let's say Tarverius Moore takes over at safety and he doesn't play well for whatever reason I hate to pick on the guy but it is what it is there's not a lot in me that's like yeah but he could still become a superstar I, nobody ever thought he was going to be a superstar so if he plays bad you look at it and go well that guy's not very good I guess even though that might be somewhat unfair he pretty much is at the ceiling that we all thought he had to begin with we cannot and should not do that with Jordan Love and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave if week one, two, three, and four, they're not figuring things out and they're dropping passes and they're running wrong routes and everything looks discombobulated and there's no reason to believe that in, you know, week 15 of year two of this, it's, it, you know, group, it's going to look the same way. Of course it's not. Even week 15 of year one for this group. Are these fixable things? Especially if it's miscommunications and all that kind of, of course. And they're going to be adding to the playbook as people start to learn more. You're going to have bigger dimensions as the tight ends start to learn more. Don't mean dimensions just to size. I mean dimensions in terms of dimensions to the offensive playbook. So 
Anyways, as far as the you know anti-Packers narratives go, I think the inexperience thing is is probably the most fair assessment. Just looking at it and saying you can't expect guys who aren't super experienced to be at their peak the way other guys who are at their peak are at their peak, right? We know these guys are, well, we don't know, but we can assume guys like Pat Mahomes are not going to take a massive dive off a cliff. You look at the Buffalo Bills and you go, I don't see a reason why at least the good parts of the team aren't going to stay good. There's some fluctuation here or there, but Josh Allen is not going to become Zach Wilson. It's not going to happen. We know with some level of certainty where they'll fall on the spectrum. Good quarterback, good wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, pending injuries or whatever. But I, I guess the question is just, you assume that these guys are going to start at a certain point and then work their way up to getting better and better as as they gain more experience and understanding of what they're supposed to do. The question is, how low do they start and how fast do they rise and how far? So there you go. All right, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you later, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.